Yo, what's up all you beautiful people? It's your boy Hobart, coming to you on this episode 61 of the Bartcast. We got something special for you today, an unprecedented occasion. Uh, Today on the Bartcast, we are coming to you from a tree net. What is a tree net, you might ask? Well, tune in and you will find out, my friends. Uh, And on this special episode, I got... Uh, I feel like I say this every time, but somebody that I've been trying to get on here for a while, uh, definitely on my short list. Maybe this, maybe this podcast should be called the short list. Um, my man, Andrew Castle is on today. And, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the man, the legend, Andrew Castle is one of my deep homies from the Valley grew up together. And he's truly a man of the hills and the trees and the lakes and fields and valleys. And Andrew has a very unique company that he started a few years ago, which is called Be In Tree Nets. And he builds tree nets. He he weaves these magnificent, they're like, it's like a spider web made out of climbing rope. They're, They're nests, they're it's a place for intentional chilling and you know i can try to describe it but he really he does such a good job on his own of doing of of doing just that so you will know hopefully you'll have a picture by the end of this of what a tree net looks like uh and you can always go check out the youtube channel the bartcast youtube uh, if you want to see what it looks like because we shot video of this and like we do with all of our episodes now i know i know some of you are audiophiles like me i listen to a lot of podcasts audio only but if you ever want to see what it looks like uh we have the videos up on our youtube channel so feel free to check that out um but this was really fun we did it at this beautiful house in the berkeley hills and uh the the it was a net that that uh being tree nets had built for a client and the client was very gracious in letting us use the space to make art. So, uh, yeah, had a blast with Andrew. Super stoked he came on the show. And uh, I think let's just jump right into it. So, without further ado, let me introduce to you my man, Andrew Castle, on this episode 61 of the Bartcast. Great to hear from you. What a surprise. <laughs> the water, yo. The water's on our side, yo. We're running with the water. It's the best. dude i feel you i like i uh like when i got that thing one of the first things i did was start playing around it has all these like kind of gimmicky modes and one of them is like active track so it just follows you around where you're wherever you're at and i was in this park in petaluma with forest asante shout out big up and uh i i i clicked follow on me and I started running around and the drone started chasing me. 
and I immediately got this like atavistic animal panic of like being chased by a predator and I, it was like very uncomfortable <laughs> that's so scary and it, there was like a moment where I had to like turn it off and like it totally it was like a black mirror moment like I just felt like I, I was like oh shit this is what it would feel like to get chased by a robot predator you know scary <laughs> it was a little scary man. i mean i mean yeah like just being like stared down by like the lidless eye of the screen machine like that sounds pretty intimidating it was yeah and, and this was my own purchased device. <laughs> i brought this into my own house yeah, and what am I chasing done? Me. but that's yeah, hilarious i mean i think as a videographer i love the drones and it's opened up what we can do as artists like so much that seems true right um but the unfortunate thing about it is that the early, like the early adopters, I think, really abused the technology. So, the like the overall, the national opinion or the public opinion on them is justifiably negative. For sure, you'll get a ticket if you run it in a national park, right? Which I, I totally, like, I agree and I get it. But like learning to fly my drone is very difficult because there's only a couple places in the bay that I can fly it. And then most of those places are filled with people who are, like, understandably not down. Would prefer if it wasn't happening there. Yeah. yeah. So. That's fair. And I'm always sensitive when I'm taken off in a public place. Like, it sounds like a swarm of angry bees. And I get that people have very real privacy concerns. And, you know, so I try to be a little more outgoing and gentle and friendly about it when I when I must launch my digital beast <laughs> i've had people a couple times when i've been surfing they've flown pretty close over me and at first i used to always flip them off and now i just make a kissy face <laughs> that's amazing hell yeah dude. i feel like if you could embarrass people or like help people know that what they're doing is being seen yeah then that's like the whole thing with the internet right it's like the in the amount of anonymity lets people just be washed Mm -hmm. But if you have to look someone in the eye every time you're going to do something stupid, you're going to think twice about it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's funny how, like, this plays out again and again in, like, forums. Forums. Oh, yeah. The last great frontier of the internet. Uh, where people are, like, kind of by default incredibly nasty and antagonistic until you come at them as a real person. You're like, hey, like, what's up? Like, you know. Usually people like revert back to like, oh like I'm gonna be real you know I, I at least this is what I've heard from I've never been there yeah I do feel like courtesy is an art form though totally yeah it, it's funny you bring that up I I just finished reading the Count of Monte Cristo oh yeah for my third time I love <laughs> that book uh, pretty epic story really yeah but the thing that's you know I I learn something new every time I read it a good book like that does that. Um, this time around, I was really taken by the rules of etiquette in like the French court. Decorum is heavy yeah, there. Yeah. Like circa 1850s, 1830s. And, you know, the, the, I think the like general modern inclination is to be like, oh, look at how primitive these people were. Like these forms are so antiquated and outdated. Right. Just so much extra words and yeah and obsequiousness like, politeness totally and hella hella rigid cast structures for sure but i gotta say this time 
in the current state that of that we're in right now where like we're like nobody really knows how to interact with each other uh i was getting i felt like there was like a deep cultural wisdom to the rules of etiquette it was like almost like there's there's a level of intimacy that is not granted like familiarity is not granted uh in the explicitly in the outset of interaction right so all these characters have like the rules of courtesy actually allow them to exist and build group safety in these really complex environments and then in order to get to like a deeper level of familiarity that has to be earned through regular experience and exposure and trust the building of trust and i think in our modern culture like so many people are adrift of like how do I behave? How does a man act in this? How does a woman act in this? How do others act in this? And there's at the same time almost an assumption that like radical openness is always something that the other can accept or should be able to accept or should be able to react to in a, in a way that isn't mm. uh, confrontational or painful. Or, right. or maybe even is positive for yeah. everyone involved right, right. Yeah. exactly so you know as a perpetual oversharer <laughs> who has had to learn you know pacing i was looking at this structure and being like there's some wisdom here to like the utility of like courtesy as this kind of social tool of like you know going to a party maybe your social there's this natural social anxiety it's almost like a courtesy is like this amazing kind of shield or operating manual that allows you to navigate the intricacies of the social fabric and yeah then, like just to be aware of your surroundings is a compels a certain kind of headspace right like oh if i if i know where i'm at mm-hmm. then i'm going to make decisions differently than if i'm just charging right through yeah totally I had a hilarious experience trail running a couple of months ago and I like came up on some horses, but I was fully in the zone and wasn't really checking my surroundings. And I came around the corner and kind of came up on these two folks coming out of Firebrook stables, like on like just sort of frumpy older folks on horses and their animals got kind of startled and freaked out. And I, I kind of panicked a little bit too, because I hadn't really been checking myself. That was like the recent instance for me of being like, oh, yeah, no, you got to be on game. Like, what are you, how is your behavior affecting the environment you're in? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, that dovetails with nets hella well because it's how tied to the net you are. Like, any movement you make is reflected in the fabric. Right. Yeah, these ripples. Yeah, you think of... about like the fabric of society <laughs> and all that other type of sh- whatever that look, right? It's like, oh, like what I do like influences things around me that i might not be able to see right yeah if you got a boy your your boys on the other end of the uh-huh. net doing a complex weave and you make a movement oh for sure while we're working yeah mm. that's a whole thing of just like letting people know when you're about to get up while we're actually in the flow weaving yeah so you can like you can get your finger pinched or like lose you end up losing some tension you know tautness is the main thing we're going for right which yeah. i would imagine in the in the in your experience of developing net building you've also you know whether intentionally or just not intuitively have had to develop a system of communication an etiquette if you will a netiquette (laughs) 
you know, for like, <laughs> how do I, you know, give a heads up to the homie <clears throat> who's doing a weave that I'm about to stand up? How do I do it in a way that doesn't threaten, challenge, provoke, like, you know, there, which often is just an in- intuitive thing, the tone of your voice, the joke that you say, that, you know, there's like all this human interaction that is like we're so highly attuned and sensitive to the group think and to the tribal yeah. mind space. But when you sit back and look at it, it's like we've never given up etiquette. We've never given up these social rules. They've just grown and, and changed. And even in something as seemingly, you know, informal as a net build there, you know, there's, there's still rules of etiquette. That 100%. Exist. <laughs> I mean, another, an important way to think about what it is, is it's stored kinetic energy. Like mm. every strand that goes in, there's more tension that's added and it gets totter and totter and totter as it coalesces. And that, that all stays in there. And so like the headspace that you're in while you're weaving is very much reflected in it. The amount of focus and persistence is kind of captured by the net right and that's why it's so fun to do because you can be in this flow state it's a flow state art form in that sense of you get in the zone and you just start rolling or whatever we've been using the phrase weaving but that might not even actually be the most accurate Mm. term and that's part of what's so fun about it is we're just completely inventing jargon along the way right already hella love for slang obviously uh-huh. so we've just been bringing a lot of slang in nice a lot of context gets layered and layered on some of these words that we're using you got any examples for me uh some good some good new net slang well we've definitely been on this flex recently to try and replace the word tight with taut <laughs> <laughs> nice dude. like as just general in the language right? tautness has a way more sort of dynamic tension in it it's a way more sort of collaborative energy where uh-huh. tightness is like a little bit more stuck a little bit more constrained you okay. know so like yeah the move from tight to taut is definitely yeah. uh it all, and taut, one that we're really happy about taut could even be tight like with a <clears throat> like heavy cali accent like, taut. Bro, that's, taut, bro, so taut. that's a really good way to put it yeah <laughs> but it's basically the whole project is how do we just bring more attention to doing it cutty in a good way yeah i love that because like the art form obviously comes out of the woods out of sort of like secret clandestine moves Mm -hmm. and now we're trying to do it at this really professional engineered really elevated level and so to have the overlap between the professional and underground sort of interaction is it's a strange thing to try and bridge but it's also super fun so yeah that's where i'm at with it right now it's just like the the actual process of doing it is super engaging and pulls on all pulls on a lot of threads like the way i've had to learn hell of different skills to be able to get good at it and also skills that i'm passionate about have all increased in their just the amount of experience i have with them now and thus literally the interweaving of all these different layers of my life the um the craft is really it's becoming a craft in that sense of like we're actually deploying skills that have been practiced over years at this point and also being able to refine that as we each iteration right every every new piece we do is the flagship piece right it's bringing it to the next level yeah it's so i mean it's so cool to because i think i 
and it's, I, I, I see similarities in the work that I've been doing where it's like every new project is like the best project I've done. Exactly. And I became aware of that recently, like how stoked and grateful I am to be getting to do a style of work where it's like every time I do it, I'm getting better, but I'm also like having a piece to represent where I'm at in that moment, mm-hmm. the culmination of my efforts, my life knowledge. Uh, it's not that like I don't make mistakes, and but like even in the mistakes, you start to, when, when you become like married to the craft, you stop seeing it as like them so much as obstacles and more as like opportunities to apply creativity. You do that a hundred times and it becomes part of the weave for sure. And it's not like a negative thing at all. It's like actually something I, I get stoked on now. I'm like, Oh, you know, this thing that used to stress me out so much now is like an opportunity for me to innovate. And a lot of times, like my favorite things that I produce come from those moments. Perspectives, everything. Perspectives, everything. Yeah. No lie, I mean, that's really what the slogan is going to be. It's like, yeah, yeah like how you look at what you're doing uh-huh. matters. What was the other slogan too? There's perspective oh, is everything. And chilling ain't easy. Chilling ain't easy. I know that might be, have to be the episode. The yeah, exactly. That's like with tr- the, getting the graphic dialed on that. Like that's a pretty critical font that we're gonna. Chilling yeah. ain't easy. Yeah, it's somewhere between like ancient, kind of like calligraphy, like old like you know illuminated texts type of calligraphy somewhere between that and like a dope street tag okay yeah i like that i like that i wanted to ask you because this is something this is a question that both will serve this conversation but also me personally in my life uh because go there the nice thing about having a podcast is i get to make art but i also get to like serve my own selfish needs in making my art um I encounter this often uh, because I like to bring people to tree nets. Some of them, your tree nets. Uh, And I'm always aware of how clunky my descriptions of what a tree net is to someone who has no visual concept in their mind of what one is. Yeah, direct experience. So in the master's words, when you are describing to a newbie who's never seen a tree net before... How do, what is a tree net? How would you describe that? Right. I feel like the elevator speech version has had so many versions (laughs) at this point. Part of what I like about doing this is that it's difficult to describe what it is, even as I've become really good at it. The, uh, the thing that about it that matters to me is the point of view shift. Our feet are on the ground. We have a different point of view on the spot that we're in. Sort of the opportunity to feel a new perspective is what it is. Like that's what this is. Like the the product is the op- the experience uh, that you've never had before. But that is a really awkward sell because it doesn't make any sense if you just say like, "Do you want to try something you've never tried before?" Yeah, but it's gonna take like three weeks and it's kind of expensive (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah that the um somewhere but like there's just a lot of different sort of taglines and the Mm -hmm. jargon fits in there but somewhere between it's like the psychedelic love child of a hammock and a trampoline okay that's been like one of the 
because all of those words evoke very specific images different for everybody but like that idea of two things that are familiar kind of tripping out and like creating children like that mm -hmm. that this is what this is a version of what that is yeah you know um textile it's a textile art it's a a place for nature connection and like meditation like it's the ultimate spot to chill if being close to nature is your plan i love that do you find that your definition changes when it's a potential client versus like a homie let's say you have a homie come visit from another country and you're like i'm gonna take you to a tree net today oh yeah and they're like what is that does that definition change that's a really good question I feel like the language of it has been part of what the art is for me because it is so much a craft of action. Like I've just been doing this for so long. I'm so steeped in it that the, the words that make sense to me are so far into the craft that they wouldn't necessarily be that understandable <laughs> if you're coming at it from having never understood it before. Yeah. And that's, I mean, for sure, that's been a really interesting part of the whole process is like, how do we, how do we talk about what this is in a way that doesn't give away all of what's cool about it? Because a lot of what's cool about it is the stuff you figure out on your own by being in it. Right. And so the direct experience, the immediacy of being in, a, in an environment or in a situation that you've never been in before, like the sense of sort of excitement and like aliveness that comes from that is actually the thing that we're offering right like the net is the better we get at actually creating the nets the less they are the main thing and it's more about the environment and the culture and the sort of headspace of digging the tree right it's like oh wow we're like up amongst this tree right now like this is cool this is a very taut situation it's like the experience of spending most of your life hanging out around the ankles <laughs> and now we're getting to climb up into like the armpit and yeah shoulders of, the, of the giant i've been thinking about it in a similar sense too in terms of memory of of like the the fabric like the nets themselves like the patterns or not patterns that are emerging out of these as we're learning to create them looks like patterns in nature right like fascia in our bodies like mm -hmm. throughout all your muscles this whole sort of wetsuit skin that we have under our skin outside of our muscles is a elastic material that allows a lot of the shape of our bodies and the flexibility and resilience in our bodies and the nets look like that and they respond like it too to have mm -hmm. that sort of dynamic bounce like and the reverberation that's in it like the right yeah the way that it has rebound uh -huh. that's a pattern in nature if you like zoomed in real close underneath the cambium layers of trees you'd find textiles or sort of membranes that are very much like that you lay on the ground and look up into the trees it has that it's the fractal nature of reality you manifest through weaving through and that's yeah and that's that's a tricky thing to explain <laughs> like oh yeah like, no what we're doing is we're building fabric that looks like the patterns of nature for yeah. you to chill on to remember that you are also part of nature you're a pattern dude that's the most psychedelic definition i love it yeah it's um because i usually just say it's it's a spider web of climbing rope yeah, totally. You know, but I think I like yours. <laughs> well, because again, it's perspective, right? Yeah, like totally. That 
that framework makes a lot of sense to anyone who has a deep connection with nature and has spent a lot of time or is familiar with anatomy or biology. Mm -hmm. Something we've really been realizing as we've gotten more adroit with how we do these and how we create them and the whole process that they are is that there's a different entry point for every single person that makes sense for them to approach what this is. And so part of the courtesy that we're thinking about a lot is to not try and spoon feed everyone all the dopeness. It's like, no, just we're doing something that's cool. You should check it out. Yeah. And when you check it out, you're going to have the experience that you have. And that's. You got to experience it to experience it. Yeah. It's the. um, Yeah, it's sort of like the definition of cuttiness, right? It's like the spot that you can't find unless you know where it is, right? It's it's an experience and a headspace that becomes very evident as you interact with it. Mm. But to describe it or to capture it or to, I mean, we've had a hard time just even taking pictures of it that are, right. communicate that vibe, right? It is a very difficult to, by, by de- it's like, I've noticed that right away is that pictures really are insufficient. A 2D image is kind of insufficient to show what it is because so much of it is its use case 100 percent. and it's you can take micro photos of sections of it but the macro shots there's so much light coming through that it's you know yeah. you, you almost need to set it up you know with lights or you know there's probably a way to do it but the natural casual use uh and almost by design right it's part of the effect is that you're seemingly suspended in in the air Right. right. Well, I mean, that's a thing that is also difficult to explain. But keep going. I'm going to adjust the light. Levels. But because it has, because there's no pattern, every single cell has its own shape. There's no pattern for your eye to settle on, and that's why you can see through it. There's no surface in that sense. And this net is sick because it has the color combo, so it really helps it stand out. But when we do the real proper camo, it literally disappears. You almost can't even see it. And that is, that matters for reasons we're still learning how to explain, which is cool. I like that. That's, I mean, where a lot of the sustainability is for me is the fact that we get better at it every time we do it. And every time I interact with the craft, I'm like, oh, here's, here's this list of five things I want to improve or refine or look at this cool thing that happened by accident that like what you were saying earlier, right? Like what's at first seemed like a mistake, a few more steps into the process you can look back on and be like, Oh, if we had done this on purpose at this point, then the whole game would be different and we'd be really stoked. And so every, every project there's a refinement and an expansion that's possible and that's partially because the process is such an organic process. It's not it's not something that it has a writer's manual to it. It's literally the synthesis of everything we've learned at the cutting edge every time. And that's that's why it's been a weird business to make because it's you're investing in us improving our aptitude for this thing that hasn't really been done before. And that is feels really exciting. Yeah. It's also like confusing like it makes the relationship to audience really strange because literally 
anybody could be stoked on nets for any reason. It's literally just a space. Like all we're doing is just chilling in this spot. Right. Most, most of history, this spot was just a spot in the air. Yeah, yeah. And now we're chilling here. And that's cool. And the reasons why it's cool are a conversation that are for us to have right now or for anybody else to have that comes and chills here. For sure. Right. And the, the concept of making a space that's explicitly for kicking it is a, uh, it feels like something that's worthwhile in these times of like so much like fastness and franticness in the world. Like what if we just had a dedicated spot where chilling was the main event? Like there's nothing to do here except for think, think, sit quietly, feel your body, be in connection to the world, be in connection to the trees, feel the kinetic kind of relationship to life Mm -hmm. because the pattern of the fabric looks like the patterns that are the fabrics in our bodies that are in it's whatever art imitates life imitates art. right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Chilling ain't easy. Chilling ain't easy. I mean this, (laughs) yeah, it's like, well, that's the other thing is like they're, they're a ton of work. Yeah. Like it's not easy to do. And, and, a, and a lot of them too. I mean, I've been in several of your nets and the one we're in is maybe the most accessible one that I've sat in. It's for sure true. But a lot of them, you know, and especially growing up in the Valley, there was a couple tree nets that were like legit dangerous to get to. I remember. Those weren't the ones I built though. Yeah, no, I know. They, well, the ones that are sketchy are. But I remember this one in particular ones. that it was like, you had to climb another tree about 15, 20 feet, transfer to oh, yeah, yeah. a rope, and then you had to freehand up the rope with your legs on the redwood, and it was like this army hoist. <laughs> and I remember being like 16, 17, 18 years old, and I would have to psych myself up because it's full commitment. Like once you put your hands on that rope, you're going up, and you got to be able to have the mental fortitude to muscle your way up to that first branch or else you're falling. And, you know, I think someone did and end up eventually falling and hurting themselves, but like, you know, the chilling wasn't easy, but it was worth it getting to the top. Cause once we got in that net, it was like, Oh, this is the fruits of our labor. This is like such an amazing and unique experience. And the must send situation. Yeah. The must send situation. And I think that it certainly informed you know, I'm guessing you, you as well, that life experience of, of encountering, you know, others nets at various levels of accessibility and sketchiness have gone into how you think about creating yours. Right. Cause like you were just saying, when you do a consult, a consultation with a new client and they show you the space they're thinking about, this is such like a cutting edge. There is no manual. There is no regulation. You're you know, they're putting their trust in you to like assess the space and be like, this is how we're going to design it so that you can experience it safely so that, you know, your kids can experience it safely. For sure. So, you know, I'm curious, like, how did you first get into net making? What what was that journey? How did that journey begin? I think I could probably hit both those questions or both those thoughts with like the adventure and the sort of, sort of vigorous aliveness of climbing super burly trees and i mean that was the whole thing obviously when we were kids like mountain biking and finding the hardest tree to climb Mm -hmm. climbing it 
being up there being like, wow, we just risked our lives to get here. Like <laughs> that was so fun. Like how could we chill here more, you know? And like that sort of excitement of that, that translating that into a place that's safe and like in your backyard, you could turn your kids loose on like the net is still the same type of the concept is still the same, but it's just been deployed now in a zone that is way more attainable for most people. Like most people aren't trying to go hella far to the woods and take serious risks with their health for an adventure. It's a good thing to do. There's rite of passage aspects of it. Like when we were young, that was, it was the right thing to do. It's a young man's game. Push our edges, go far. Like, yeah hazard some chance some risk to ourselves in order to have these experiences that were sort of threshold game-changing experiences that got us really stoked and kept mm-hmm. us really through energized and feeling that feeling of really being on the edge of your aliveness right like i'm i'm fully here right now yeah. to, to do this because if i am not then it's you're in trouble so you gotta like translate that focus and that attentiveness and get be able to have enough able-bodiedness too and that's one of the cruxes too of the wild nets is it's they're not accessible Mm -hmm. and so part of our whole mission with the project is building them beautifully and professionally so that everybody's grandma and grandkids can also chill on a net and be totally safe and just have fun but still experience some of that elation and that like the sort of sense of wonder really it's like that that feeling of being amazed is one of the coolest feelings that human beings get to experience. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Like to have an experience that you've never had or to be able to interact with some surface or some structure or some element of life that is astonishing to you. That's a, the, the feeling that comes from that is something that is really special and kind of precious right it's like the reason we go to concerts it's the reason we do risky things it's Mm -hmm. the reason so much sort of adventure and travel takes place right and so to be able to create an environment where that feeling can exist that's also tranquil and elegant that feels like a really cool combo chilling ain't easy (laughs) but it can be chilling ain't easy exactly (laughs) that's why you pay us yeah We'll make it easy for you by doing all the hard work ourselves. Where, like, what was your experience though? Like when you first, like, how did you come into net building? Like where, I mean, we, we, we talked about for sure exploring the, like the, the wild nets, but like when, when did that translate into you making your first net and and what was that experience like? Um, Like as far as jumping into it as like a profession Quote, well, we unquote, can get to that, but quote, I'm just unquote. yeah, I'm just yeah. curious, like how it all started. Like, I mean, I for sure have some pretty good early childhood memories with G Money and my brother yeah. cruising around, mm-hmm. and just that was where the idea, like the concept or the sort of the just yeah the the premise of using rope to create surface came from my brother and from G Money doing that back in the day, and that was like, I mean. I forget. I think it was like Kristen or somebody in the like Anderson family circle was connected somehow to Julia Butterfly Hill and the sort of Redwood Tree protests and the sort of inspiration of using trees as a venue to make a stand for nature as like a kind of political stance or as like a 
activist activist move right like protecting old growth redwoods is a really good idea and it actually took people risking their lives for the conversation to reach a level where it happened right Mm -hmm. and barely in time right there's so few old growth around anymore so there's like a huge debt of gratitude to those people who did that work right I felt like we were super inspired by those stories because when, we when that was all happening, we were just groms, right? I was eight or something. Yeah. Like way too young to really understand why it mattered mm-hmm. and also too young to be able to participate. Yeah, it was but like all- a story through Yeah. that I was handed through the elder generation that I was like still too young to personify, yeah, but identify like, with personally. This really matters and one day you'll know why. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I feel like it was a combo of that of sort of like the inspiration of knowing that people ahead of us had really put their sort of hearts on the line for something that they really believed in that was about why trees are important. And then as I was coming of age myself, really finding the direct encounter of trees being hella meaningful in my life, right? Like, oh, wow, to go walk all day and climb a big tree and catch that view at sunset and have those so super quiet really beautiful moments of just rest or sort of being held like it's like some of the most intimate relationships in my life are with trees Mm -hmm. there's certain trees that i go and climb where it's like my winnie the pooh thinking spot yeah it's like i know who i am in a lot of ways by the relationship i have with these beings that are had been living a long time before i was born and will be here for a while after i'm gone and just to kind of i don't know if continuity is the right word but there's something meaningful about that mm-hmm. and i guess like why that's meaningful is a big part of the the whole craft here it's just like yeah. let's let's create an opportunity to spend more time being quiet next to these ones that have a lot to share right i mean all the obvious woo-woo science of like yeah like of course they give us oxygen all these things like they're they're living beings that share this landscape or we share it with them. Right. Cause they're, they're the elder. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really felt what you said about the holding, you know, when I, you know, part of my experience in taking people to nets and climbing is that, you know, sometimes you get people that have never climbed a tree before yeah. and they're very scared and nervous. And the things that I always say to them, the little, we got some birds chilling with us some right birds here. Birds chilling with us. The thing that I always say to them is that, like, a, the tree. When you climb a tree, the tree's like climbing you back. Like, when <laughs> I get up in a tree, like I feel embraced, even if I'm not in a net and I'm just like in the branches. I feel the tree kind of like there is like a kinetic force that's holding me in there. And then the second thing I tell them is like, one of the most beautiful things about tree climbing is becoming incredibly like instantly aware of how amazingly designed your body is for doing this thing oh yeah like you won't look at your hands the same way again you get up in a tree and you're like oh this is like exactly what my arm was made to do is like hang up in these branches oh yeah oh my body knows exactly how to move in this thing and most people that i take up like they're like oh yeah i got this i'm like yeah like your whole body has evolved for millions of mm-hmm. years to do this one activity that almost nobody does anymore. And it's really, you know, that's, I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of 
some of the nets that are up in trees is like that journey up, the climbing of the mountain, this, you know, this trial that, you know, as, as young men, we tested ourselves with. I know that I was very aware of climbing some of those trees and, and you know, the question being, can you make it to the top? Oh, yeah. And answering that question for myself, is, it, is this going to be the time that I fall? No, I got it. I'm strong, you know. It's uh-huh. like swimming across a lake. Can I still swim across the lake? All the way across. Yeah, and back. Yeah. Yeah, I got this. I'm going to will myself there. Like, that was so important as a young man to test myself in that way. And uh, I think it's it's a worthy uh, practice for, for anyone who, who's up to the task. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not for everyone, but if if you're there, it's it really can take you a long way, you know. I feel like the yeah risk assessment is like a tricky phenomenon in these times because there's so much more vigilance against it mm. in general in the world, and so I mean that's another reason why doing it at this more fine art level feels appropriate because it's creating a situation where the feeling can really exist that isn't dangerous. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Like come chill on a net and you'll get a pretty good sense of what it feels like to be up in a tree, but you can run around and flop and bounce and like lean back, lounge and read a book. Yeah. Yeah. You can cuddle and you can take naps. You can build your bed here. Right. Chilling and reading a book stuff that we couldn't really do when we were kids. Cause we'd be all, Mm-hmm. ripped up just having the ex- the exhilaration of the experience totally but i feel like I, don't know, I think about it in those terms less and less now because that that is the thing that we're providing right like that feeling is what what the nets allow mm-hmm. and so i'm more and more just my focus is on the process of creating it and just making it beautiful making it safe, making it hella fun. Like the process of doing it, like when we build nets, it's a great time. We got like a crew of homies that are coming together to be focused and be ninjas and be a team. There's tons of just meditative long hours of just focused handwork. It's a funny kind of job because it oscillates between just like a job, right? We're like, we got to like get all this stuff. We got to process this stuff. We got to load it in the truck. We got to transport it there. We got to get set up. Then once we're set up, it's like okay now we're just gonna get in the zone and we're just gonna flow we're gonna see how many thousands of feet we can put in the floor of this net today (laughs) and then we're gonna see what we do tomorrow yeah and we're just gonna play music and we're gonna eat really well we're gonna have good conversations maybe we'll take some intentional time to just be in silence i've been starting to really rep like doing dharma talks or like listening to podcasts kind of for like portions of the day yeah because it's like i don't know i've been hearing the, the phrase like learning bouts is around right now but that the flow state is a thing that's hard to maintain and so so much of the process of the creation of nets now is headspace management right it's like how do we facilitate ourselves being in the best headspace and flow to create the best quality net like the tautest net the most clean lines the most elegant surface the best amount of balance the most appropriate position in the in the location whatever like the design work is turning out to be a lot more part of the process now than it was when we were first starting because mm. when we were kids it was like oh we felt like we were spider-man it's like yeah we'll throw a rope over here we'll right. throw a rope over there we'll yeah. just bring all that rope together and it's going to be so tight yeah mm. but now that we're way more on the tautness game it's like okay well let's 
let's plan it out and like think about it i mean doing all the stage work like being a rigger doing doing rigging work in a professional environment and just having like gone on the osha standard in the built environment for a decade now i'm like okay i see where there's sense here and like so much more knowledge of the just materials and what's what works and what doesn't work hella techniques for just streamlining and optimizing the process right like the right kinds of efficiencies Mm -hmm. but then also being able to get in the zone and just the sort of spontaneous always just making spontaneous choices that that is what creates the surface that is so see-through it's like if you're doing it the exact same way or if it's a repetitive pattern not only is it never going to be as taut but it also you can't see through it because there's there's now just a repetitive pattern right. there so your eye lands on it and it's now a surface yeah i know i see what you mean like if it was a uniform pattern then my brain would be putting it together into one shape yep but you guys have designed this in a way that almost design it defies our brain's ability to organize it into a uniform so you're like by looking at it it's like a process of your mind seeking uh to 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 make it into a pattern and at the same time you're like just like in nature you're like forced to observe the minute variations and differences it's a good good place to keep the head you know you're like continuously in analyzing and and problem solving and that's it i i like what you said about you know the the consciousness the intention that you're putting into as a team leader with your team i came and visited you guys on one of your builds recently and it was just such a happy vibe you know the music playing and everyone's joking and i could just tell that there was a deep set level of satisfaction with the crew um you know, because you're in a way you're like telling a story through your fingers, right? Like mm. a net is a story. It's like, Oh, on March 27th, I was over in this corner and look at, you know, it's like watching, I don't know if you've ever seen up in like Yosemite, you can see these trees that have like grooves, like mined out of them by beetles. And I remember I was like on an LSD trip with my cousin and I'm looking at one of these trees and I'm like, it's the history of the bugs life. Like you can literally watch like, the path that they took of like burrowing and i you know it was like this oh (laughs) deep psychedelic moment oh yeah but like that's what this net is is it's like this history of your efforts and your concentration and your focus so why not make it a happy one it isn't what you do it's how you do it (laughs) (laughs) like literally that's the that's the deepest spiritual relationship in my life right now it's just like oh yeah the vibe that I bring to this activity is matters more than the activity in that sense. Mm. Right. Like, like we said earlier, right? Like the, the process of creating the net and the energy that people get to experience or the experiences that people have by interacting with nets, like that's what we're making. The net is what allows it to happen. And the, the creativity of building it is super rewarding. Mm hmm. And also just pulls it. It's a, it's a lifestyle, really. Everything about doing it makes you have to work harder, and be smarter, and stay on point, and be focused, and stretch, and reach, and learn. And then the result of that is this place that's never existed, that has the functionality of chilling, 
like literally baked into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. What what was the can you take me to the moment when you decided that you wanted to, you know, make this a business? What what was that process like for you? Uh, you know, we've touched a lot on like the the values and the feeling and the yeah. and the vibe. And I'm just curious um you know, it it we live in a country that's kind of I think like the, one of one of the great iterations of the American experiment has been the the kind of national celebration of going into business for yourself, mm. taking an idea, totally. deciding it's important enough to try to support yourself with, and then navigating the tension and the and the the multitude of directions that that can pull you in while staying on your stokeness. Yeah. So I'm just curious for you, like obviously deep guy thinks a lot about this stuff <laughs> i know for you like taking it from a, an art that was like purely in the philosophical space to a place now where you're like attaching things like monetary value for sure where you're like thinking about it as an organization i know that wasn't a light decision for you at all and i'm just curious how that process was mm. turning it into a business um, one of the main things that makes it feel sustainable and like a, a worthwhile endeavor for me is the the like i mean I guess the statement is that the work speaks for itself right the every single project we've done has been from a word of mouth reference and so the the rep is the rep is the net right the, the rep is me the rep is the vibe that the crew brings to doing the work right people see that people feel it people experience the results of it and they're like oh this is cool like i want to tell people about this that i liked it or i thought it was cool or networking literally (laughs) yeah and so the the business aspect of it has been sort of just coming along for the ride in that sense of like oh well if if we are going to take this passion that's like a soul craft right like there's so much about it that for me is like a yeah what i would call like a spiritual inquiry sort of lifestyle of interest in deep questions and the result of it is creating these really cool one-of-a-kind whatever works of art but they take hella time they take a ton of materials and as the professionalism has gotten higher and higher the amount of effort that that requires is also elevating and so that's 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 how I've been able to make the bridge between the sort of like the heart, like soul passion and the, the more commerce oriented, this is a product for sale vibe is mm-hmm. measure, on. just measuring it based off of making our measurements just based off of effort. Right. It's like, it, it takes a lot of work to do this. And so that's been the whole process. Like the consultations pretty much are always like someone has heard about it gets in touch with us. We're like, Oh, we've heard that you do this really cool thing. Or I saw your, I saw your piece over wherever in Inverness, or I saw the one in LA, like, Oh, could you come back to Washington and build a net like you did over at these folks place? And like, so it's been spreading as a word of mouth. And that to me is huge as far as sustainability. It's like, I mean, the joke is that you can't push a rope. I, I don't think I'll ever get bored of that joke. Cause mm-hmm. I think it's so funny, <laughs> but the nets are capturing people's awareness or people's attention and interest is drawn into them. Yeah. And so then they're talked about, they're shared about, 
And so my job, I feel like my job, like the way it is a job that is like providing my livelihood at this point is being someone who's at the leading edge of thinking about how to do it well and then being able to do it well, right? Like to rig something that's safe and beautiful and elegant isn't something you can just do, right? Like one day I want to do like a, be able to show my earliest, like the secret nets that were up in the hills Yeah, compared to this, it would be unrecognizable actually, right? It's like that all it is, is the only thing that those have in common is that they're made of rope. Right. Right. It's so like, yeah. The, the amount of sort of trial and error and practice and attention and mistakes and learning and refinement that is represented here in this net has already been transcended by the ones we've done since. And the, the way in which that is exciting makes it worth continuing to persist in offering it as a service. And then the reputation of it is spreading and more and more people are like, Oh, well, wow, if you can do it that well, like, could we fund you to do it this well? Right? Or <laughs> yeah, like, hey, yeah. like, we're some super chill, small time, like, just cool folks that are doing doing good things for a good reason. Like, is there a way to do it for us? And that's, and like, they're how scalable they are is crazy, right? Like, we can do them pretty affordably and quickly in small scale settings. Mm-hmm. And it could, it could basically go from, like, a couple of homies for a couple of hours just busting something all the way to like a museum piece that takes a year to build like right the, the range of potential what's possible with this concept is vast and that how exciting that is to me makes me really motivated to persist in refining it and expanding like what is possible like i'm down to give my life to that question i love that it's yeah. beautifully it's a beautiful tagline or a beautiful summary summation are there certain trees that are easier to work with than others? Uh, that's where the design work has gotten really fun. Like, cause the way it's been working is people are inviting us to just peep game on wherever they're at. And so it's a completely unique project every time, which has also been a funny kind of awkward aspect to it as a business. It's like, well, what's possible is completely different every single time. And what we do is completely different every single time. It's never the same net twice, Mm -hmm. which until you've experienced nets multiple times wouldn't mean anything to you. Right. Right. Or if your if your perception of nets is a patterned thing, that's like kind of saggy, then you're like, well, you could do this anywhere. Right. And you can. Yeah, Yeah. And if you want it to be hell of taut and bouncy and make sense in the place that it's at, that requires a lot more sort of sophisticated preparation and design. The idea for us is like, the goal is that it looks like it's always been there. Mm. And that's like, that's the measure of success. Right? Timelessness. Does, it, does this feel like it's always been here? Yeah. Like it grew here. Yeah. I couldn't picture this space without it. It's pretty cool. Well, that's yeah, exactly. Right. It's yeah. like, Oh yeah. And that's the, the experience that is the actual gift of the product is like, you're going to sit out here. You're going to sit here. You're going to lean back and be like, wow, like, duh. Mm-hmm. Like, duh, yeah. <laughs> like, it feels obvious after you've checked it out. Yeah. But if you were describing it before having experienced it, it would be a stretch. And that's why it's art, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's not just a thing you can take a picture of and sell online. It's something that has stories and energy and 
cosmic there's a whole worldview and a whole lifestyle that is possible with this concept mm-hmm. and so sharing that with people and just being getting better and better at articulating it and creating it is that's the move really yeah and i know that's something that you've definitely communicated with me about as we've sought to to think about you know as a business how do you market something like this you know just in the interview seeing like how difficult it is to surmise or almost you know antithetical to your philosophy regarding what the experience is it's like i think that you know that a, a, a similar level of creativity and innovation needs to be implied in how and what part of the story is going to be told you know and how how much of the experience you want to be explicit before you get in the net versus like like how do you tell someone like you said in the beginning of this podcast you know how do you get someone excited about an experience that they've never had before without giving away and thus narrowing the parameters of what the experience can be for them you know and that's an interesting problem to have to solve you know i think that there is a way to do it yeah and that's an ex- that's what's exciting to me about the prospect of us making something to that end is that like i was saying in the beginning as well it's an interesting problem that i know is going to like force me to innovate and think outside the box think outside the net Ooh, uh, don't you put know. your net in a box exactly um but it's a worthy thing you know like i i love it because they've played such a big role in my life of right i mean that's it right the feeling of amazement that you have from 15 years ago or something like that's still here right here in this moment with us right now right yeah that stoke is alive still and that that matters like that has value yeah dude i mean just just the fact that when i started this project of podcasting and i went and made my short list of guests you were like right at the top i was like we got to do one in a net dude like that just seems like such a cool place to do a podcast i think we're gonna do a lot more of this kind of stuff too i mean like as the word is getting out and as the the team builds and it's like the crew that are people that are interested and invested in the the feeling of being amazed Mm -hmm. as something that has merit i mean that's really what we're here to do is just elevate the feeling of being amazed because that's that's a vibe that humans can bring to the world that is it isn't harming yes i'm curious you know because we're starting to lose light so i don't know how much longer we can go before we'll be in complete darkness you know we got an owl we got the owl too owl. That, that could be the time for sure i guess we'll all you know to end it on a on a question or to to throw one last little subject before we wrap things up for people that uh listen to this conversation and they're like titillated by the idea of experiencing a net like how is is there a direction you would point people towards in their own education or ambitions like how does someone you know short of you know re hiring you to build the net right is there a way for the layman to experience <laughs> if not you know firsthand but at right. least like is there a, a a source that you feel, you know, good about pointing people towards mm. that, that gives them some sort of understanding of what it is that we've been talking about this whole time? Right. Maybe it's this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as like resources, it's like, 
there aren't really that many, right? The the goal I have is to keep refining and getting this project to be at a level where we can start putting them in public places. Because mm. that's been the whole trip. It's like, we're really good at doing this now. Where should they go? Right. And going in places where anybody can just rock up on it one time and chill. That's really the highest level, you know, private backyards is fine. I mean, there's the bread and butter of like creating works of art for clients. And there's, there's a lot of value there, but the thing about the idea, the idea wants to go and you know, you do it yourself, figure it out, have fun, Mm -hmm. like be in that feeling of amazement, you know, and just be cognizant of safety and be cognizant of environment and impact. But the, the main thing is just go, yeah, move slowly and be close to wild places and let that enthusiasm of that be your, just be what leads you on, you know? <laughs> Cause it's really all about just the question. Like what are the good questions? It's like, yeah, you know, every good question generates 10 more. Well, that's it. And it's like, yeah. and that's where that feeling, the feeling of amazement comes alive and sure just hang out there and then do whatever makes sense at the time that's climb pretty a much tree. what i've done yeah. yeah climb a tree you know go climb a tree <laughs> yeah sit quietly listen take care of your body you know get enough sleep it's oh, really yeah. like the lifestyle is just about following through on the stoke right it's like follow through on the stoke righteous well dude andrew thank you so much for coming on the, thank you on sir the Bardcast. andrew castle everybody Bardcast. Um, how can people connect with you, reach you, how, you know, find your net business with, you know, what's the best way to connect? The project is called be in tree nets and we're using the internet in the form of website and Instagram by that name, be in tree nets. And that's the handle on Instagram. Yeah. It's like the, I've been doing it on the phone just cause it's easy, but Mm -hmm. I mean, as the project grows, that's, I mean, that's part of our whole shit too. It's like there's a conversation happening that's way bigger than just the nets and bigger than me and bigger than the crew. So the invitation is just come be part of the conversation and, or go have your own conversations with trees and chill. Yes. The main thing is that people should be chilling. People should be chilling. And what's the website that people can, Oh, it's the same name. Be in tree nets, but it's com over there. www.beintreenets.com. Awesome. We'll do wide web. I dude, chilling ain't easy, but this has felt pretty easy and awesome. And I appreciate you so much for coming on and sharing yeah, Thank your, you. your wisdom. And uh, we got to do this again soon. Let's do a sunrise version next. Let's do it. Yeah, get up higher in a tree I at sunrise. We'll I'll be... wake up. I'll wake up before sunrise for that. For yeah, sure. Totally. Exactly. Oh yeah, dude. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Until the next one. Uh. What, what was the what was the statement that you said about perspective pers- is everything? <laughs> perspective is everything. Love you guys. Thanks for Enough tuning respect. in. Peace.